This is an Anami podcast. I was literally just trying to get to the $70,000 mark and they accepted. So I was able to counter and negotiate in my very first job and I didn't really even know what I was doing, but it gave me a, a little bit of confidence and I feel like really helps me see, okay, negotiation does not have to be the scary thing. It's just about asking for what you need. Hello, 9 to 5 hotties. Welcome to the 9 to Fly podcast. I am your host, Sania of Finance, and I want to welcome you to this episode where we are talking about how to secure the big obnoxious bag. I'm going to be giving you tips on how to negotiate the best offer. Because here's the thing, negotiation does not have to be this scary boogeyman, okay? We can actually use negotiations techniques to transform our money and transform our career. So this is what we're going to be talking about in today's episode. If you're not already subscribed, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any of our episodes and follow us across Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Now let's dive on into today's episode. You know, I will say as someone who did not grow up learning about money, I'm very grateful that I learned about negotiating early on in my career because negotiating early and often is really what has helped me transform my money and transform my career and ultimately my wealth. When I started working my first big girl job in 2017, this like elusive term negotiating was front and center in my mind, but like I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, I was coming out of grad school and I remember that there was like, you know, there was a lot of talk about who was going to get like the best offers. There was a lot of talk around who was going to get the highest salary coming out of our program. And I remember from going to college, I remember from conversations across grad school that I had to negotiate. Now, what that really looked like was still very unclear to me, but I remember it was like, okay, this is something I have to do. So when I got my first offer in 2017 to work full time, I think the starting salary was like $68,000, which in my mind was still like a really great number to get fresh out of school. But again, remember, I'm thinking negotiation, negotiation, you have to negotiate. And I remember just really wanting a round number. So I think I countered. I think I literally just sent an email saying, hi, manager, thank you so much for the offer. I would love to see the salary be $72,000. Can we make this work? Something along those lines, right? I did not have, you know, all of this fancy language. I was literally just trying to get to the $70,000 mark and they accepted. So I was able to counter and negotiate in my very first job and I didn't really even know what I was doing, but it gave me a, a little bit of confidence that I feel like really helps me see, okay, negotiation does not have to be the scary thing. It's just about asking for what you need. Now, over the next few years, when I would work at a really large company in financial services, I also learned how little transparency there was at the company when I was promoted internally or had to move on to other teams. So, you know, I was promoted about a year and a half into working full time. And I remember getting the new offer and feeling a little defeated by it because I felt like I wasn't able to advocate for myself. So when I was promoted in 2019, I never really had an opportunity to negotiate on my behalf. Everything was done behind closed doors between my manager and HR. And, you know, everyone assured me that, oh, you got the best pay bump possible. You got the most money that we could possibly give you. But I, in reality, I really had no idea. So that lack of transparency really didn't help me understand if I was on par with my peers, if I was getting paid the same as everyone else. And I didn't even really realize how significantly I was underpaid until there was this mysterious HR did this mysterious salary increase where I was able to 
get my salary increased by several thousand dollars. So that experience really showed me the power of negotiation, the power of being able to advocate for yourself throughout your career moves and how when you don't have that, it just kind of leaves you with a lot of unanswered questions around where you kind of fit into the organization. So as I started to put myself in the driver's seat, wanting to be able to negotiate my salary, I really recognized the power of leverage. I really realized that as a new candidate coming into a new company, I had the most power and I had the most leverage on my side. So thinking about how little transparency I had with like internal moves at my previous company, it felt really good to be able to be in a position where I could not only ask for what I wanted, but demand what I wanted and and really feel like I had the, the tools and the language to be able to do that. So I was able to negotiate almost $50,000 in more pay by job hopping and negotiating a new salary by moving to an external company. And that's really what set up the foundation for me to become debt-free, for me to be able to build finance and do many of the things that I do now. So needless to say, pretty much changed my life. Even now as a creator, I'm still finding myself negotiating for what I believe I'm worth. In fact, my need for negotiation, I feel like has only increased where I feel like there's really no standard or across how creators are paid, how rates are established. So it's really up to me and my team to advocate for what I'm worth. So in this episode, I want to give you some tips on how you can negotiate at any stage in your career and really understand how to effectively go through a negotiation so that you are leaving feeling confident that you're coming to the table and getting everything that you want and deserve. Let's talk about first knowing your worth. Knowing your worth in your job search and knowing your worth when it relates to your market rate is super important to be able to effectively negotiate. One, it really starts with understanding what your skills are worth and what your expertise is worth in the job market. And a great way to be able to do that is literally just seeing what other companies are paying for your current job title. So if you can research within your industry, whether you're looking on job boards, looking through industry news or networking groups or even internal data that might be available to you as an employee, you can really start to see where the industry is setting its standards around compensation for similar roles as yours. Now, what you can also pretty much bet on is that anytime you pivot into a brand new company, even for the same job title, you can almost expect a 20 to 30% increase on what you're currently making. That's like a good rule of thumb. So if you really want to see your salary grow, a great way to think about that is by pivoting into a brand new company. Now, let's also talk about where salary negotiations begin, because I think this is a big, this is a big myth that I think many nine to five hotties don't really understand. Negotiating is all about leverage, right? I think that we have been spoon fed this idea that negotiation is this like scary thing where we're sitting across from a table from like an old white man and sliding a piece of paper across the table. And, you know, but that's not really how it happens. Negotiation is all about leverage. It's about coming to a mutual compromise between you and that employer that wants to hire you. So both parties want to feel like they are not getting taken advantage of, but also getting what they need, right? The employer is looking for a great candidate, which is you, and you are looking for great benefits and great compensation that's going to make you feel well compensated and want to do your job, right, with enthusiasm. So it's really important to know that salary negotiations begin at the very start of your job interview process. They don't start when you actually get an offer. They actually start in that very first phone screen when you're talking with HR or the recruiter or sourcer who's really giving you a lay of the land and giving you expectations on what you can expect throughout the job interview process. 
So it's really important in that first phone screen to ask questions, get clarity around all the things that are part of the total compensation package, and really make sure that you are leaving those calls understanding that that is your first step in being able to negotiate effectively. I also think that it's super important to be able to do your own research. So I think it's super important to make connections or lean on connections with professionals that you have who already work at those companies and really ask them the real questions and get the real tea on where salaries fall, where you might expect your salary to fall within the range, and really just any other things that sometimes HR won't tell you. Now, how do you actually secure the bag, right? Now that we know the negotiations begin at the phone screen, and we all know in order to get hired from a job, you have to go through a series of interviews to eventually get an offer. Let's now talk about how you actually go from a verbal offer to negotiating effectively and getting the final offer that you really want. Remember we talked about already, leverage. It's all about leverage. So throughout the interview process, as I mentioned already, I want you to really think about doing your own research, talking to people internally, and really making sure that you understand all the ways that you're gonna be able to add value to this new team, all the ways that you have all the skills that they're looking for, and any insights that folks already working at the company can give you so that you can use that information and leverage it effectively to get the best offer. It's really important to just ask for what you need and have a script of the talking points that you want to be able to deliver on. This is, for example, how I ended up with a $29,000 make good bonus the last time that I negotiated for a job. And it wasn't a part of my original offer. I was walking away from a company that was gonna pay me my annual bonus. So instead of just letting that money evaporate into thin air, I asked my new potential employer, hey, I'm expecting a bonus of $29,000 to be paid out on February 1st. If I sign this offer on January 15th, I'm not going to be eligible for this bonus. What can you all do to close the gap? That's literally a script you can use. So that's literally how I ended up with that bonus. My new employer was able to help match the funds that I was going to potentially lose by leaving the company prematurely. So let's talk about some do's and don'ts. And I'm going to give you some talking points around things that you can kind of say and expect and watch out for during an offer negotiation. So one red flag when it comes to the offer negotiation process is that sometimes you will speak to companies or recruiters that pressure you into signing the very first offer. So it might look like something like, hey, candidate, you are our top choice. We want to make sure that we get you signed and onto the team as quickly as possible. We need you to sign this offer by end of the day or it's going to go away. And now you as a job seeker, might feel pressured into signing this offer, right? Because you've gone through this whole interview process and you really want to make sure that you get this offer at the end of the day, right? Well, here's how you can respond to being pressured into signing an offer right away. Thank you, recruiter. I'm super excited about this opportunity and I would love to be able to add value to this team. I need five business days to be able to close out some of my other interviews and get back to you on this offer. What can we do to ensure that I can have these extra business days and how should I get back to you? Should I get back to you over phone or over email? Right. Rather than like even getting into all the nuts and bolts around why they're pressuring you into, it's about asking for what you want, right? 
asking for more time so that you can effectively negotiate and be able to move forward with this offer. Now, if they are saying, nope, we can't give you those five business days, we need you to sign right away, just know that that is an absolute red flag and that might not be an opportunity that is the right one for you. Now, here's another red flag that you can look out for. I feel like this happens a lot to us. You might be told by a recruiter or a company, this offer is non-negotiable. It might look like something like this. Hey, candidate, thank you so much. We've loved getting to know you over this interview process. We want to pay you X, Y, Z. Oh, and by the way, this offer is non-negotiable. So what do you say? Are you ready to sign this offer? Yeah, this is a red flag because no matter what offer is presented to you, there are always terms within an offer that are negotiable. So here's how you might be able to respond to that comment from a recruiter or hiring manager. Hey, recruiter, thank you so much for this offer. I'm really excited about joining the team. You mentioned that the offer is non-negotiable, but I really want to make sure that I understand what you mean by that. If there isn't an opportunity to meet me at the base salary that I would want, I would like to understand if some of the other benefits that are listed as part of my offer are negotiable. So can you confirm for me what you meant by non-negotiable offer? I think it's really important to ask this question because sometimes this offer is non-negotiable is just thrown out at candidates like a blanket term. But the reality is you can negotiate your start date. You might be able to negotiate more vacation time. You might be able to negotiate other benefits that are part of that offer. So don't just allow a recruiter to just tell you, oh, this offer is non-negotiable because there actually might be other things that you can still negotiate as part of this process. Here's another red flag to look out for. A recruiter telling you, oh, I need you to give me an exact number of the salary that you want to make, or I need you to tell me your salary. It might look something like this. Hey, candidate, we're super excited to move you along in this job interview process. By the way, you didn't tell me how much money you're looking to make in this job. What's your number? Let me know so we can be on the same page in terms of expectations. So you want to make sure that you don't fall into this pit hole. This is what you could say. Hey, recruiter, thank you so much. You know, I want to continue along in the job interview process to really make sure that I understand the roles and responsibilities of the role and where I'm going to be able to add value from day one. So given that, I don't really feel that salary is going to be keeping me from this great opportunity. But could you just share the salary range that's budgeted for this role so that I can be clear on your expectations? That's a great way to flip it back on the recruiter and not fall into a pit hole where you have to give your number. And if they keep pressuring you, I would definitely say that another way to also say this is I'm looking for a competitive offer where I feel fairly compensated to the market rate. That's also another way to kind of say, hey, I'm not going to give you a number, but I want you to tell me what I need to know in terms of being able to leverage this effectively. So use those scripts if you ever fall into any of these red flags during the offer negotiation process, just to make sure that you have the right information and the amount of leverage that you need to be able to effectively secure the bag. Now, welcome back to Corporate Lingo. This is my segment where I educate nine to five hotties like you on terms that you just need to know. So very fittingly, in an episode where we're talking about negotiating salaries, let's talk about a term that every nine to five hottie needs to know, which is total compensation. Here's the thing, when it comes to total compensation, it is more than just your salary. Your total compensation is really made up of a combination of things like sign-on bonuses, commissions, paid time off, wellness benefits, pretty much anything that you can assign a cash value to that your employer offers is part of your total compensation. Now, if you want a more detailed explanation around total compensation with some great examples, scripts, and more, check out the show notes because I created a free course with Onomy 
on this topic that I know you'll love. Now let's head over to the nine to five hotline. Okay. We got lots of questions from hotties like you who want to know advice on maximizing their nine to fives and just getting to the most big obnoxious bag. So if you have a question for me, hit up my number in the show notes, right? Send me a text or a voicemail and you just might hear your question answered on a future episode. So today I want to play a voicemail that we got from a nine to five hottie. And here is what this hottie had to say. Hey, Sonia, nine to five hottie here, longtime finance fan. Um, I'm interested in your thoughts in how to best communicate with current employers, just in terms of say you intend to leave, you've started your job process, you've been able to go through a few interview processes and picked up a few offers. What is the best way to communicate with your employer, especially if you wouldn't be opposed to the matching whatever offer that you may have received? Looking forward to your response. Stay fly, girl. All right. Thank you to this 9 to 5 Heidi for this question. I love this question. And let's talk about it. When it comes to your current employer, I think the reality is as much as we feel we should share everything with our current employer, the reality is sometimes that doesn't work out best in our favor. I think the big thing that I want you to caution about is sharing too much with your current employer where that information could possibly be used to retaliate against you. Now, here's the thing. I think that we've all heard those stories, right, of nine to five hotties who may have prematurely shared, oh, hey, employer, I'm interviewing for companies elsewhere or even to that manager. Hey, just so you know, I'm interviewing elsewhere. And they even start to get the cold shoulder from, you know, their current teammates or they start to feel like they're getting moved off of certain projects that they were working on because people feel like, oh, well, you're going to be leaving soon anyway. So I would say when it comes to communicating with your current employer, always wait till you actually have a verbal offer on the table. I would avoid bringing up the conversation before you have a firm offer because it might, one, not actually turn out to be a real offer that you have from another company. And two, you really just want to make sure that you're using that information at the best time possible. So my recommendation would be to have conversations with your employer where you are just kind of more so letting them know what you want in the next few months in your role, whether you are looking to have your compensation grow, whether you want to grow your skills, whether you want to move into different parts of the business. I think starting to frame your conversations around, hey, I'm looking for more growth. I think sometimes it's probably a better way to frame the conversation rather than bringing in, hey, I'm interviewing elsewhere, right? Allow your manager to also be able to support you, whether that looks like, hey, I'm willing to connect you with other, you know, hiring managers across our company, or I'm whether I'm going to support you in getting that compensation increase. You might work for a manager that might be willing to help if they know what you want. So I think that that's a better way to frame the conversation. And then if you do have a firm offer that, again, falls in line with what you've already shared with your manager around what you want, I think that's a more fruitful conversation and will probably lead to a more productive solution that's going to get you what you want. Hope this helps. So here's another question that we got to the 9 to 5 hotline. Hey, finance, what is your approach to negotiating in our current competitive market in the instance where multiple offers are not lining up as well to support a candidate's negotiation leverage? Thank you for this question. So I think that this hottie is asking, say you have multiple offers on the table 
that you want to potentially bring to your current employer to support your ask for wanting more money, but they're just not quite lining up to getting you that increase? I, I think that's how I read this question. So hopefully this hottie feels like that's a good summary of what they asked. When it comes to negotiating via bringing other offers, external offers to your current employer, it doesn't always mean that your current employer will say, okay, great, you brought this offer and yes, we're willing to pay you more. So I would always say, keep that in mind, right? Just because you bring an external offer doesn't mean that your employer has to give you more money because you've asked. Now, what I will say is if you feel like you're consistently getting offers that are lower than what your expectations are, Remember what we kind of talked about earlier in this episode about really understanding what your skills are worth, right? Are the offers that you've received, are they competitive? Are they actually in line with what the market is paying for your skills? Because if not, then maybe there's an opportunity to continue interviewing elsewhere until you get that offer that really meets your expectations in terms of what you're trying to make in your total comp. What I would also say when you are trying to use more leverage with your current employer is I think it's always also important to make a case around your performance, right? If you are consistently getting high performance reviews, if you're consistently outranking your peers in terms of being able to perform and get work done, that's also a strong case around why you might be deserving of a merit increase or a bigger increase in your salary or a bigger bonus. So I would also say make a case around those pieces too in terms of the work that you're doing internally and how it's driving the bottom line. That could also be a way for you to be able to use that to leverage and effectively negotiate internally. So I hope this helps. Thank you for these questions. And again, if you have a question, a burning question you want me to answer, check my show notes and send me a text or a voicemail so that I can play it in a future episode. All right. So thanks for listening, 9 to 5 Hotties. This was another episode of 9 to Fly, where we covered how to secure the big obnoxious bag, right? We talked about knowing your worth. We talked about where salary negotiations begin. And then we even talked through some real scripts that you can use to be able to effectively negotiate and avoid some of the pitfalls and red flags that might come up as you're trying to negotiate. Thank you so much for tuning in for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on TikTok, IG, and YouTube. See you next week for more conversations on how to maximize your nine to five, get more fly, and secure the bag. I'll talk to you soon.